Hi friends, I am Erin from Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 120 acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we're building our homestead from the ground up. Thanks for being here. Well, hello, friends. It is another Wednesday, and I am here with you guys today to talk about homeschooling. I wonder if any of you just get whiplash as far as like all the different things that I cover on this podcast. I'm not good at niching down. Um, And if you don't have children that need homeschooled, probably not going to be super interested in this episode. But if you do, or you just want to know if you, even if you don't homeschool and you just want to know, or just curious, I suppose, um, just hang around. Maybe it'll just give you guys some insight into truly, I mean, how easy it is. And I guess I say that but I only have a, Tyron is in third grade and Evelyn is in second. So as of right now, it's fairly easy. But I was homeschooled from first grade on. And so I feel like I kind of have a a really good understanding of it. My mom homeschooled me and my three siblings. Originally, she homeschooled me because I was having a lot of problems in the public school with reading Um, to the point where I ran away from school. I would pretend I was sick so I didn't have to go to school. I felt so stupid. Um, The special classes that they put me in just really didn't do enough for me. I I wasn't catching on. I begged my mom. I cried. I asked her to take me home and homeschool. Um, At first, she said no. Then she wanted to do it. My dad wasn't on board. And finally, I just... I think I gave them so much crap that they finally pulled me out and homeschooled me and we loved it. She and my mom loved it too. And so she went on to just homeschool all of us and that was how it was. We did get in some um, like programs. It's called Homelink. So it's kind of in conjunction with the school system. There was like an an old school building in Deer Park where we grew up at that wasn't used by the school system anymore. So we use that as Homelink where we could go in and pick classes. Like we could get a math tutor if we wanted to. Um, It was usually like a two to three day a week thing that you could go to. Um, And there was, there was, home ec, there was math, there was history. So if you were struggling something or there's something was fun there that you wanted to do or you needed to get, um, fill in some of your other uh, holes, I guess, for language, math, science, whatever, you could do that with a Homelink class. And um, through Homelink 2, you had a I guess it'd be like a counselor. And so you would get, I got not a GED at the end, I got a diploma versus a lot of people have to get a GED or test um, as a homeschooler to receive the GED. But we got a diploma because it was kind of through the school system. I only did that my last year. Um, My sister, well, they're all age different. So they all went through that as well towards the end. And it was kind of nice. We we enjoyed that, was able to make some friends um, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to talk about our homeschooling with my kids. Um, I think the biggest thing, so when when I tell people I homeschool, honestly, I feel like the stigma of homeschooling has changed a lot over the last few years, just because a lot of people with, you know, the pandemic, with all the kind of stuff that's going on right now, there's a lot of politically charged things in the school systems, depending on what state you're in. It doesn't really matter what side you're on. Like there's just, there's a lot going on. It's very heavy kind of in the school system right now. Um, And so a lot of people are choosing to just (laughs) forego the drama and pull their kids out and just do it themselves. And so we originally, I pulled Tyron, well, I didn't pull him out actually. I, he was in his kindergarten year and the pandemic happened and six months in, 
they sent all the kids home. We were in Washington State. We were in Mead. Um, they sent the kids home. And so we did kind of the school by online thing for his last six months. <laughs> but I always tell people, you know, a lot of people are like, I can never homeschool. This is so hard. And I'm just like, how the school systems and everyone to be home and all the Zoom court, that's not homeschool. Like that is not how we did it growing up. It's so different than what true homeschooling is. It's not checking in and being on Zoom all the time. But you know, it was a pandemic. We were all just kind of, we didn't know what was going on and it worked. It was, it worked for the time being. But, um, and that's why I think a lot of people got scared away by the fact of homeschooling because they thought it was, as frustrating as it was the learning curve that we all had to do kind of homeschooling but still having the school districts involved. So um, based on a lot of different things, I just decided that once I had Tyron home, I was like, you know, I missed him. Like, honestly, at the beginning, I had kind of wanted to homeschool him and Travis really wanted him to go to school, have friends, all those kind of things. (laughs) Travis was, uh, he was a public school baby. And I think his biggest thing, which is a lot of people's, is that they're just so afraid that homeschoolers are going to not know how to socialize or they're not going to be able to have friends or they're going to be awkward and weird. And um, I I mean, I'm pretty sure when most people meet me, they they don't think that I (laughs) I don't put off like the homeschool vibe. And believe me, I know some that there is that. And I know a lot of people who were homeschooled like that and they could walk into a room and you'd know exactly that they were homeschooled. if that's the vibe you're going for, then I suppose that that's okay. That's not really what I want my children to be polite, be able to hold a conversation, be able to have friends and all the things. Um, and so it just kind of, it it depends on your parenting, on your parenting style. Um, I was involved with 4-H. We were so involved with 4-H. I was the president, the treasurer. Um, I was like on the little debate team thing. Like we did so much. And we had, we had church, we did Awana, we did VBS. I mean, we did the library programs. We were involved in a homeschool co-op. We went on field trips. So the fact of like, oh, you're at home all day long and you just sit and do your work by yourself with your family and then you're weird and you don't know how to socialize is kind of, I don't, yeah, that's not, that's not a thing unless you want it to be a thing. And most people don't. Um, Okay, so anyhow, um, so we pulled Tyra now and I was just like, I don't want to do this half I don't want to do any kind of like online program or any other, pro- I want to make my own. I'm going to do my own homeschool program with my kid. I'm going to pick out what books, what curriculum I want him to have. And we're just going to go off of that. And so I did a lot of research as far as like the um, homeschool laws that were required. Again, at the beginning, I was in Washington state. I haven't honestly, okay, so this is, and this is me to a T. I just am like, we'll figure it out when we need to figure it out. And we're just going to f- go with the flow. Um, and so as of right now, I haven't even looked into, I know that there's an umbrella. It's called the umbrella something here in Tennessee. And it's like you let the school system know that you're going to be homeschooling. And then you like check in every now and then. I haven't even done that yet. Like we've been here for five and a half months now. Um, the state of Tennessee don't even know. Do, does not even know my my children exist at this point. I'll figure that out eventually. Um, but in Washington State, I actually have several blog posts on this, which I will link to at the bottom in the show notes so you guys can click on whatever ones you want. I have one about homeschool laws. I have one about our four-day school week. So I'm going to obviously cover all that in general here. But if you want more in-depth, make sure to check out those blog posts. But so the basic most states require 180 days of school a year or a thousand hours total. And you are in charge of documenting that yourself so that if for some reason you're in a neighborhood and 
Billy Smith down the road thinks you're not doing a great job and he doesn't think your kids are getting taught and he um, reports you to CPS or somebody, then they're going to knock on your door, supposedly. I've never heard this of happening to someone, but it supposedly can happen. And they want to know, they want your kids' school records. So at that point in time, you need to have kept a log that you can produce to show said person, um, and I don't even know if it's CPS, but said person that... You have, look, I have documented all these times that my kids have done school, and we also keep our kids' school books for several years. I've kept everything that Tyron has done so far because obviously he's just in third grade, so it's very easy at this point. But I just keep everything that we've done every year. I put in a box, label it, put the child on there, the date, um, their age, all that kind of jazz, and we stuff it away, and that is for our safety so that everyone knows that we can produce the information showing that we did what we said we did and our kids are actually getting an education. In Washington state, the compulsory age for children starting school is eight years old. Um, if your child has been in school before that, if you put in like a kindergartner at six or seven, um, then you're if you pull them out, you're required to report it to the state and the school system in which you are in. Um, if you have never put your child in school, you don't have to do that and you can just start at eight. Um, and so isn't that crazy? So you I mean you don't even technically have to educate your children until eight years old in Washington state. Again, I'm going by the Washington laws um, just because that's the ones I know, but every state is similar, but make sure to check out for sure what yours is. Um, the basic things, the subjects that are required are reading, writing, spelling, language, math, science, social studies, history, health, occupational education, art, and music appreciation. Um, when you write it all out or say it all out, it can sound like a lot and slightly overwhelming. But fear not, friends, it is not overwhelming. A lot of the times these subjects can be combined into one subject. So um, for example, say your child is reading a book about the solar system. Well, that satisfies science and reading because he's reading about the solar system. Now, if you take your child and you have them write their favorite paragraph about that book and draw a picture of the solar system, you have now also satisfied writing and art. So you can take one thing and get a lot out of it. You don't just have to be like, this is specifically writing. This is specifically art. Like there's a lot of combinations that can happen to get what needs to be done in a shorter amount of time. And honestly, like doing it where you combine all the subjects and you're writing and talking and and learning about this one thing just automatically solidifies this one thing in your mind more than say learning 10 different things with 10 different subjects because you're just it's too much especially for a young child when you can just really hone in on one specific topic they're going to retention is going to be so much better with something like that so that's a very easy way. So when, when you say all these things, don't get overwhelmed. And especially when they're little, um, that you don't have to do as many of those. So like with Evelyn, when I was just starting with her, we were doing reading, writing. I mean, spelling is just kind of going along with that. We're not really doing spelling yet as far as tests. It's reading, writing, language. We're doing some math and um, we're doing some history. So, and then we do piano lessons. So that's music appreciation. Now the writing that she does, we use a few different kinds of curriculum. Um, my main source of curriculum that I use is The Good and the Beautiful. Um, you can definitely look that up. I've also talked about that on my blog before. The Good and the Beautiful is just a really, really wholesome, I mean, 
I love it. I love it. It, it honestly, so it's very Bible based, but it was made by a Mormon. And a lot of people, if you're not Mormon, they can kind of get up in arms with that. But when the person who made this curriculum made it, they had people from all different denominations, Catholic, Christian, Mormon, all look at it just to make it sure that it was very general and could work for all of those faiths. So it's just basic Bible verses and things like that. It's not really going into um, like a deep religion understanding or a specific a specific kind of religion, I suppose. So very, very general, which is really, really nice. And so we use those. I have had no issues with them. I started them with Tyron when he was in first grade. He's in third now. I started with Evelyn and we use them for our reading, writing, our spelling, our language. Um, I don't use them for math or science. Um, and I don't, I, I wasn't in love with their history, if I'm being honest. Like, I tried their history for two years, and I could just not get very far into it. Um, and that's okay. Honestly, the first year we did history, Evelyn, Tyron and Evelyn are only a year apart in grade. And so I waited a year for Tyron because um, I wanted to do them both at the same time. Because it's so much funner to have, like, a buddy or partner in crime when you're learning something like history because you can feed off and talk with each other, work on projects together. And so I want to do that together with both of them. And when I started it, I could just tell Evelyn was not there yet and she wasn't into it. And so I just kind of pushed that off for a year. And so what we really do is if Tyron has a question about something historical, we'll go look it up. We'll research it. We'll do some fun things together where we take a few hours and we're like, okay, how does this work? Or why did that come to be? Or you want to know about Ireland or something? Like, let's sit down, let's figure it out. So we're constantly learning and I suppose doing school, but it doesn't really feel like it um, because we're just, we're answering the kids curiosity with some research and some study and they really really enjoy that so um yeah so that's what we do for the kids so basically we have um the good and the beautiful for most of our stuff then for math I use what do I use I got it right here hold on Oh, Abeka. I was going to say Saxon for some reason, but Abeka. Um, and the reason I wanted to go with Abeka, so the good and the beautiful math is more like it's a story math. It's, I can definitely see that there's probably certain children who learn a specific way that it would really, really benefit to have like a story that goes with the math. But Tyron's brain didn't really work that way. And he is, he loved math and he was really good at the math, like math in school. And so when I looked at the math that he was doing in his school, I, I wanted to do something that was similar to that because he was doing so well with that style of learning. And so the Abeka math was very similar to what he was doing in the Mead School District. And so I just grabbed that and we went, we went with it. And he has been doing exceptional with math. Very rarely, even now, does he need my assistance with something? Um, and so it's just working really, really good for him. Um, I've done the same thing with Evelyn. She's also in the same. I think we, I think when I was little, I even did a Becca math, if I can remember correctly. Um, and so we have not had a problem with it. Very easy to understand. It's um, engaging for the kids. They really, truly enjoy it. Um, for, so we do writing with the good and the beautiful, but over the summer, um, I actually talked about this on my Instagram today. The Daily Grace Co. is like a Bible study. Um, they do a lot of Bible studies and stuff, but they also have um, my scripture workbooks for kids. And so it's like you just, it has a scripture on one page and then it has the, the writing page on the other side, very colorful, very pretty. And so we did that over the summertime and the kids weren't quite done with it. So I just let them go with that into the school year. And so that takes, I mean, it probably takes about 20 minutes for Evelyn. It takes less for Tyron and they do that. And that's considered their writing right now. Um, and so for 
when was it? Hold on, let me see. For history, like I said, I wasn't thrilled with The Good and the Beautiful. Now, my sister, um, she does The Good and the Beautiful, and she does her history. She loves it. Um, I follow a few other people who try their history. Some of them like it, and some of them are just... They kind of like me. They're just hard for them to get into it. Um, and so what I decided is because we just moved to Tennessee and we're trying to figure things out here, um, I got Tennessee state history for both the kids. And um, I did that through, oh my gosh, I'm looking at it right now, but I don't see who it's through. Hold on, let me figure it out. Okay, so <laughs> weird. I I swear I purchased it from Beautiful Feet website, but I can't find it on there now. It just says Tennessee State History by Joy Dean. But it's a super popular one because they have it for all the different states. And I have seen it before. So I know it's popular. But I, there, I can't see like a specific brand on it. It's so weird. Um, but I swear I got it from Beautiful Feet. But now I can't find it on there. But anyhow, Beautiful Feet is a great resource for a lot of history stuff. My mom used Beautiful Feet a ton when we were little. And I loved history that was probably one of my favorite subjects growing up um it was very interactive she, my mom always had like these 3d puzzles and it, pictures that went with it that you'd color why she'd read and craft villages that you'd make and tons of stuff and so history was the bomb and that's kind of the nice thing too is like with homeschooling you can really tailor it towards your child if you're um, I know that a lot of people have said if, if a child struggles in something, you really need to concentrate on that. But I am more the school of thought of, that I've heard if your child is struggling with something, but they're really good at something else, then really lean into what they're good at. I mean, obviously, you still have to do math, even if you struggle with it or you're not great at it. You have to get it done. But if your child really loves history or there's something that just ignites a fire in them, to the nice thing about homeschooling is it allows you to feed into that with them and to nurture that and see what comes of it because I truly believe that God gives us all gifts and that we're all capable of doing amazing things. We just really need to be fostered and encouraged to do these things. And it's so nice as a parent to, if you can homeschool, you're there with your child um, every day and you can really, really see and get an understanding of what makes them who they are. And I am in no way saying that, that that that's not the same for public school. I am obviously speaking into homeschooling because that is what I know and that's the life that we live. So this is not meant to be a diss at anything. This is my experience, which is also valid and it's okay for me to talk about. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I really, really enjoy about homeschooling is I can see what my children enjoy and what they love to do and their temperament and how they work and what we need to work on. And um, I just consider that a huge blessing. And I... <laughs> I felt slightly broken every time I sent Tyron to school. And I just, I believe that for some people, the school system is great and that God has called you to put your children into school. Um, and then for some people, I believe that God has a different calling. And I just truly believe that right now, and I'm not saying it's going to be forever, you know, maybe things will change and we will put our kids into school later on. This, uh, the Henderson School District is honestly one of the best ones in Tennessee. So if we were going to do it, I would probably do it here. But, um... But I enjoy my time with them. And I really enjoy the fact that Travis, he works retail. And that's one of the reasons, too, that I really, really love homeschooling is because he doesn't get weekends off. He works a lot of weekends. And if he... If, my kid, if the kids were at school all the time and he was on weekends and his schedule is funky, he works nights, he works. So there's just like the consistency of being able to see and be with his kids would not be there as much as it is 
Now, if he's off on Tuesday, we so we do a, a four-day week school school schedule where we do usually Monday through Friday. But if we have a project or like when they're building the chicken coop and Travis is off on a Tuesday and Tyron wants to help him, well, then we'll take Tuesday off of school and we'll do school on Friday. So there's the flexibility of allowing the kids to really be with their dad and foster a relationship with him and also to be involved in the projects that we have around the house. Uh, one of the things too with moving here was we moved here for the kids. We moved here for the life that we felt we could offer them here um, with the land that we had and the farm we wanted to do. Like this was, we wanted to do this for them to be able to gift them something um, when they grew up that they could either, you know, choose to carry on the farm. They could sell it and make a profit off of that and go and do just like this was for them. And so if they can't be involved in the very beginning or if we're doing projects while they're off at school and they come home and they were left out of that, I I would feel like I was doing a disservice to them. Um, and especially Tyron, he loves, he, he loves his dad and he loves to be doing projects with him constantly. If Travis is outside, Tyron is right there. And it's not because we make him or say, you have to be out here. You need to help your dad. Like he has a heart to help and learn and be with Travis. He wanted to pay for, he saved up his money and paid for his own um, electric drill because he wanted to be able to drill things like Travis. And he'd sit out there and Travis would give him scrap pieces of wood if he was working on something. And Tyron's built birdhouses. He's made giraffes out of pieces of extra two by fours. Like these are things that he does alongside Travis. And I consider that just as important as sitting at a desk doing math because I don't believe that the regular skills are taught enough in school. I also believe too much emphasis is placed on sports, but that can be a whole nother thing. You know, like not every kid's going to go grow up and be in the NBA or the NFL or anything like that. And truthfully, is that the lifestyle you'd want your kid to lead, lead anyhow? Don't come at me, please. Um, all I'm saying is that life skills and even Homek and Evelyn in the kitchen, she wants to know how to make biscuits with me. Mom, can we make bread? Mom can like... These are things that we're not pressing into them. They are asking for. Evelyn wants to be a part of the baking and the cooking with me. Tyron wants to go outside and do work with his dad. Evelyn, <laughs> she's so funny because she'll go out and she'll check on the guys. But that girl is back in, like, she is not. I was like a tomboy when I was young. I wanted, I was dirty. I was in the mud. I was playing with bugs. Like, I was, and Evelyn is, like, terrified of bugs. She doesn't really want to get too dirty unless it's on her own terms. Like, that girl is a girly girl. <laughs> So it's so funny how just how kids are and Tyron's the complete opposite. So it's just it's fun to be able to watch them and to feed into what brings them joy and what they want to learn. And that is one of the things that just I do not take for granted with homeschooling. The fact that um, sometimes it's hard to stay on schedule, especially um, with me working from home and I'm throwing up blog posts and I'm working with brands and I'm developing content and I'm making lunch and I'm homeschooling and I'm doing laundry and I'm cleaning the house and we're feeding the chickens and we're outside working in the lawn and I'm doing the garden and I'm canning like it, <laughs> it's a lot. But I'm doing it alongside the people who I love the most and they are learning and being a part of it and they are right alongside with me. And it's such a special blessing and I'm just so grateful that we have the opportunity to do this together. Um, I'm so, so grateful for this opportunity. Um, and that's one of the reasons I like is I am not, I know that maybe if you're type A, it might be harder or maybe you'll structure your homeschool more rigidly or it will be more like 
us like going to school every day. You go, you know, you come downstairs at nine and you work at your school at certain hours and it's it's very structured. Um, we're very loosey goosey, but that's because that's my personality anyhow. And at the end of the day, or at the end of the week, I should say, <laughs> We get it all done. And you know what? If we don't, then we fold things over and we add it onto the next week's schedule. You know, there will be some days where Tyron's doing something. And I'm like, listen, dude, you didn't do your math today. So you can either go inside and do it right now or you can make up for it tomorrow. But just know that if you do that, you'll be doing four pages tomorrow instead of two. And, and you have to be OK with that. And then he is able to make a decision, which I think is great, too, to be able to give our children the option of choice and they get to decide okay let me think it over is it more important for me to finish what I'm doing now or am I not going to want to sit for an extra 20 minutes tomorrow and do another additional two pages um so critical thinking is in there with that too there was somewhere else I was going to go with this and I forget um but yeah, so I think overall, it's just, it's how you want to structure it. It's how you work. And it's how the kids work best too, to how you make your homeschooling. But that's the great thing about, you know, there's so many different kinds. If you get into it, there's like, uh, there's unschooling. There's so many different kinds of homeschooling. There's a Charlotte Mason way. There's, I mean, so you just kind of got to study and pick your way and then go with that. But at the same time, I just, I would encourage you, don't be overwhelmed there is so many different ways to do it. And there's also so many different free or very inexpensive options as well. We just, I found a homeschool group here in Tennessee. And so they I have two field trips scheduled for this coming month with the kids. And I'm so excited because we need some new friends. And usually within the homeschool groups, if someone's homeschooling, they have a, sim- a lot of the times similar ideologies and thinking as you, not all the time, but but usually, um, and so it's nice to make friends like that that you just feel kind of a connection with. So um, we're excited to do that and just and know that it's it doesn't have to be a huge expensive thing. I think for the kids, I think our average bill right now probably per school year is probably around four hundred maybe. Um, but there's a lot of free resources out there too if you want to print things off or there's just there's so much available to you. So much where you could get overwhelmed, but then if you find one of the ways that you like to teach or you talk with a uh, seasoned homeschool mother or you do a little bit of research, you you can and will find what works for you. And if something doesn't work, you know what the great thing is, is sell the book and buy another book and try something else. You know, your kid is not going to be left behind or at a loss forever if you have a month of wishy-washiness or even six months of confusion or maybe this didn't work right, you know, like... It's all make upable, and that's the nice thing too about homeschool is, um, we took a long period off this spring because we were moving and we just were not able to do school. And so this summer we did the core subjects all summer long to make up for the time that we couldn't do school because there was just other obligations um, as we were trying to move across the country. So the flexibility is just something I really really enjoy. Um, I hope that didn't. I hope that was not super confusing. That it didn't frighten anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then no one's mad at me. But uh, if any of those things happen, then don't tell me if you're mad at me. But the other ones, ask me questions. And I would love to be able to talk with you and have a discussion. Um, again, I will link to all of the blog posts that I've talked about before. And if there is something that comes up over and over again, I can definitely do some more um, podcasts about it or probably more likely a blog post that I can refer people back to. So um, that's it for today, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in yet again. And I would tell you what next week's about, but I have no clue yet. So you will just have to be surprised along with me when I decide what it is I want to share about. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys then.